Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. In it, it is episode 12 of uh, Two Galag, Two Guys, A League and Guest, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network, and thank a you. big thank you to our sponsors, DraftKings and Raycon as well. Uh, th- we've got the usual for you, around the boards, a couple of, couple of teams to go over this week, check my fanny, uh, we've got some interesting happenings, uh, both <laughs> in the standings and also on the uh, trade front as well, mm, uh, yeah. and of course... We will finish it off with Beauties and the Beast. So let's start her off, Marty. Let's get right into it here. Around the boards. And this time I won't mess around with the script. I'll go right (laughs) to it. I'll go right to it this week. Screw me up. (laughs) We have got the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, this week. So we're going to get into that a little bit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, because we... uh, Big opening. We definitely have some some passion in regards to both of the teams that we're going to talk to about this week um in in in, in different, in different directions yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely definitely different directions so i mean columbus blue jackets we've kind of been on Man. top of things a little bit here over the past couple of weeks yeah. um with the um um benching or uh sitting of goudreau slash uh, patrick line yeah. uh, so things have not been going very well in columbus this year um i think we can both agree this probably started before the first puck was even dropped. Um, yeah. The hi- the hiring of Mike Babcock did not go over very well. Um, no. <laughs> you know, I I'll, I don't want to get too deep into it because I know that you do have a few things that you're going to touch upon, uh, Marty, in regards to Mike Babcock. Um, but suffice it to say, you know, every everybody does get a does get a second chance. Um, I just think it was a case where it just didn't work out in this particular situation. Um, you know, I, we've got some feelings. That's putting it mildly. Si- we'll say putting it both, mildly. Yeah. I mean, you know, let, let's get some of the, the concrete stuff out of the way here. I mean, they do have a 6-11-4 record for 16 points. They're playing at a 381 points percentage right now. 60 goals for, 74 goals against. That's a minus 14 goal differential. They are last place in the Metro Division or 28th overall. They're 24th offensively with the 2.86 goals for per games played. They are ranked 26th defensively with 3.48 goals against per games played. The power play, 28th at 10.5. This jumped out at me like it was nobody's business. Their penalty kill is ranked third at 88.5. I'm like, it's weird. Out of, no, out of nowhere. <laughs> it's just weird. Um, I, again, like it, it's been a rough go for these guys, and and obviously the, the numbers speak to that. Um, I mean, other other than that that penalty kill, yeah. uh, which is third in the league, there's just not really much to talk about. And, and of course, uh, going back to the the Goudreau and, and Line uh, situations, that's really um, uh, grabbed the headlines. I'd say over the past week, week and a half. Um, you know, I I have to. Marty and I kind of mentioned it in our last episode. It, you know, we could potentially see Patrick Line going back over overseas again yeah. here. 
Um, I, I'm, you know, neither one of us is saying that this is a hundred percent or, or is it no, no. confirmed in any way, shape or feeling. form, but one could certainly have a feeling that it could go that way, especially the, with the, with the way things have played out. And in particularly in Columbus, um, you know, Boudreaux has, seems to have taken quite well to the benching. Uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, he's five points in his last seven games, much better than what he was at before. Um, as for lining. Production-wise, I wouldn't say any much has changed uh, since the sitting. Um, but you know what? I mean, we're going to see how this kind of plays out here as the as the year continues to go on. And I mean, I I think I speak for for both Marty and myself. I think uh, Coach um, Pascal Vincent out in uh, in Columbus, yeah, is it is, is going to keep this kind of mantra where. It, if you're going to show some effort and you're going to, and you're going to get out there and you're going to play for the team, then you're going to get minutes. But if you're going to try and be any kind of individualistic, or if you think you're bigger than, than, than the team, um, he certainly isn't afraid to sit people. He certainly isn't afraid to bench people. Um, I don't know if that is the right lane to choose uh, at this particular moment with this particular situation. Um, but he, he's done it and, and he certainly looks like he's, he'll do it again if need be. Um, that said that everything isn't doom and gloom in Columbus. Like hmm. they, they do have some, some, they do have some nice pieces to deal with here. Yeah. Um, you know, of course they got Adam Fantilli and, uh, Kent Johnson has been ripping up, literally ripping up the AHL for, uh, if I believe it's Cleveland, uh, the AHL team he's playing for. I think he's got something to the extent of I want to say like fourteen points in nine games or fourteen really? and eight. He's uh, he's definitely he's definitely, and we'll be talking about him a little bit later on and check my fanning as well. Um, but you know, I, I'm in my personal opinion, I, I really do feel like this team does lack true direction. I do believe it does begin with GM Yarmo Kekalainen. Uh, Again, the most notable misstep in my book was in the form of, of the Babcock hire. And and to a lesser extent, you know, we talked about this before too, Marty. The signing of Johnny Goudreau. I, I just, you're signing, I, I believe at that point he was 29. He's now 30, if I'm not mistaken. I, yeah. I just don't understand why you're signing a guy for seven years. So you're going to have this guy to like 36. Like your window's not open. The, the, only, no. the only reason that you're bringing him in is to sell tickets. So I, I, I just, I, I think it, it's time for, for a culture reset. It's time for an identity reset with this team too, because, you know, even with my Habs, you know, they're at least going to go out there and give you the effort, right? Like, you know, you're going to get effort out of them. So right. if you want to call that an identity, okay. But with Columbus, there's just nothing, right? Like there, there's, are, are they defensive? Are they <laughs> offensive? Are they just a kind of a lunch pail team, like you know, uh, go to go to work and and, and work hard type of deal? Um, we just don't know what this team is is about, and I think I I'm pretty I'm pretty comfortable in saying I think there needs to be a complete re- culture and identity reset. Well, for sure. for sure, and quite frankly, as you were talking about how you know the coach might try to bench one person or or try this or accountability that that or whatever. None of it means anything. Like the, all, in my opinion, right now, all Vincent is trying to do is actually create an identity for himself. 
so that he can at least say that as a coach, he is the kind of coach that True. deserves or demands accountability. Great. The NHL loves coaches who can do that. That's fine. When you look at this team and who's on it and who he's doing it to, none of it fucking matters at all. At all. Kent Johnson's no longer there. Patrick Liney emotionally, mentally, physically, not there. Johnny Goudreau doesn't too. want to be there, but is under, but has at least enough self-respect um, that he doesn't just give up on himself, that he takes the benching seriously and he comes back and he plays hard. Um, and then you go up and down the list. Like Zach Wierenski is currently leading the team in points, 15, 15 points, 14 of those being assists. Boone Jenner's got 11 goals, 14 points total. This like, is about as far as... Wrong. Good. As, like good uh, for those guys, but that's sure. volumes. But it, exactly, and that's what I, that's kind of my point. Like those, that's one and two for this team. And from a fantasy's perspective, there's nothing to grasp here. From a team's perspective, there's even less because again, your Johnny Goodjo, your Anna Fantilli, don't appear on the list until well below it. Um, they're they're mid tier at this point, and that's essentially ruining a career. Johnny Goodjo, who like came off a career, a couple of career years, and just a he's kind of a perennial point per game player and he's nowhere near that right now. Yep. So Columbus is destroying a, a really not. Well, yeah, sorry. Being in Columbus is actually really hurtful to Johnny Goudreau's career right now. Same thing goes for Patrick Liney, although I feel like that's more Patrick Liney's fault than Columbus. And mm -hmm. overall, there's not much in terms of um, a cast surrounding either of those two players. There is some promise with some younger players. Pff, fine. Still no direction, still no identity. The coach eventually, unless he does some sort of magical run with this team, I don't see the coach being the answer either. This coaching staff being the answer. Everything from top to bottom kind of needs to be scorched earth at this point. I'm not entirely convinced we need to get rid of um, Kaikinen yet. Is it, I mean, or Lykinen, sorry. Am I getting at it right? Pekalainen. Pekalainen. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. Um, and you can kind of attribute potentially having to get rid of him as a result of the whole Mike Babcock fiasco. I can see that making sense just on its own. That has enough merit on its own. You didn't need to go out and give Mike Babcock a second chance. You really didn't. Even though I was kind of for it at the beginning, I, I, and I honestly was, like I was fine. I, I, again, I do believe in pe people being allowed to make mistakes and learn from them and grow and being given a second chance. 100%. That's what humans are. That's what humans do. There comes a point in time, though, where you need to, like, is it even necessary? And does that second chance need to be with me? He can find it somewhere else. So at the end, hindsight 2020, that's the beauty thing of it. You get to judge. Um, it, was a, it was a big mistake going after Mike Babcock. It set the tone for the rest of the year. Um, so no real surprise what's happening right now with this team and, and kind of where they're at right now. I did expect a few different things from this team. I expected them to do a little bit better defensively and I expect a little bit better out of uh, Elvis Merzlikens. However, that also had a lot to do with my Babcock coming in too. So I think because the team may have been developed for Mike Babcock, I think that's why it's possibly not working at all right now. And you're kind of left with this mess that you someone else was supposed to clean up, but now it's you who have to clean up and you don't know how to do it right. So maybe you do start from the top and go all the way through GM and coaches and, and players, all of it. Or because he does have a fairly decent record with them um, and he does come from winning pedigree, Maybe you do keep him. Like he's done, he hasn't done a terrible job as GM. It's not his fault that fucking Lining ended up shit in the bed his entire career since he's been in Columbia, save for one year. Um, that's not on him necessarily. However, part of it is on him because he's supposed to know who he's going out to grab. So 
I could see justification for both, but at the very least, if you don't want to get rid of him, then yeah, everything else has to go. Good luck trying to get rid of Johnny Goudreau and his contract with the season he's having. You're going to have to eat a big chunk of that, if not this year, possibly next. Maybe that's what you do. Maybe you wait till next year and you tell him, listen, we'd love to get you out of here. <laughs> um, so can you up up? Can you up your game a little bit so we can just see something and get something out of you? Um, but yeah, everything needs to go, man. It not, it's not working. And 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 the thing about this team, like, and we've said this time and time again, and we're going to repeat ourselves one more time. They're in the Metro division. Oof. Like they're just, you know, they're getting hammered do. every second game won't do. By, 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 by either the Carolina Hurricanes, the Devils, the Rangers. Uh, I mean, you got every, you know, even Washington, like, you know, we talked about them a couple of weeks uh, ago. They're playing great too. So listen, I mean, I, I think I speak for both Marty and myself. I think this, this, if it if it doesn't go scorched earth, yeah, like this thing needs to get pretty close to to, to the bare minimum here because I, I you you need to build this back up into something. Yeah. I mean, and, and and you know I'll, I'll go I'll go back and I'll lean on my Canadians. I mean, yeah, they went to the cop. Everybody, everybody, and their dog knew they had absolutely no business being there yeah like dude come on <laughs> when, when we're when we're calling a spade a spade i am a montreal canadians fan right i loved them going to the cop yeah knew they were gonna get hammered knew it like it's just it, we all knew how that was gonna play out it was all luck of the draw uh in the bubble the whole nine yards like we knew what they were and the following year it's exactly what happened they they tore it right down Let's get some high picks, kind of, you know, doing the same thing that the Leafs did a number of years back. You, you, when you have a team like this, I mean, you've got Ken Janssen, young player, you've got Fantilli, uh, Marchenko. I mean, you've got some younger pieces there. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, the, the next team that we're going to talk about, there's a lot more balance to the youth, to the experience, to the veterans. This seems a little bit disheveled. Like, again, yeah. I, and, and, and maybe I, I'm beating a dead horse here, but why in God's name are you bringing... And listen, who doesn't want Johnny Goudreau on their team? But your team has to be in a certain window to maximize that. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Columbus goes out, pays... What are they paying him? Is it like 9 or 9.5? I think it's 9 or something like that. Whatever, whatever it was, it was for nine, seven yeah. years. Yeah. Like... He's 29 years old at that point. What in God's name are you doing? Such a weird contract. Like, it doesn't make any sense with what you have building. I mean, yeah, you went and got line a couple of years back and, you know. That worked out well. Everybody kind of, every, well, everybody <laughs> needs a sharpshooter. So I could see why they went and did that, yeah. right? But, and again, you're you're a couple of years ago as well. So the, the team is built a little bit. I mean, for me, it, it just comes down to, that team is not ready to win. And you're bringing in Johnny. Like, Their talent pool isn't really that. Sorry, not talent pool. Their uh, prospect pool isn't necessarily that deep either. Like, There's not a lot of meat on this bone. So, it, again, it just pushed. The only, not one, top end anyway. No, no. Not exactly. top end, that's for sure. There's just, there's nothing. There's there, there's about one only positive about not having this little meat on the bone. and And that is there's nowhere to go but up so you might as well start now 
And honestly, I don't like Gujo's contract is fucking ridiculous. Seven years, nine point seven five. It's not impossible to assume that in seven years you could have, you, there's enough time for you to rebuild it and figure it out. Sure. And Gujo on the back oh, yeah. end of that contract is a big part of that. So you don't necessarily like I'm. I agree 100. percent I think you try to get a nice return for that. However, it's not going to be this year. And even if next year he comes out just firing on all cylinders, it's a big contract for someone else to take, even with the cap going up. So I don't know how much you're going to get returned. It might actually be better because you do, no matter what happens. If you go young, scorched earth, everyone's coming up, whatever, you do still need veteran leadership. And Johnny Gujo is a very good veteran leader. That's absolutely 100% true. So maybe you just hold on to that and bite the bullet for the next four to five years and really scorched earth, rebuild, give me some prospects, give me some things, give me some picks, give me something to look forward to in the future because, I mean, what are we talking about here? Are we are we really looking at a team with, you know, Provenov, Marshenko, Danforth, Gubrinson, Voronkov, Karali, Raslovic, who should be better but isn't, Severson, who played well last year, isn't that great this year, Cole Sillinger, who is this team? What, who, what am I talking about? What is, like, what's going on with this team? Nothing. So just don't worry. You're not going to break anything. It's already broken. Just go ahead and fix it. <laughs> and Marty, I'm going to piggyback on that big time because it is broken. Ooh. Like they're, they're at the very, very least, if this team had some sort of true direction, like I, I can't even tell you what direction they're going in right now. I don't know what kind of team they are. Like, you, you got the youth, you got Johnny Gujra, who's a 30-year-old and yeah. making tons of money, and it, it, Merz Lincolns is in there. Yeah. It's like, he's young. Where, where are we? Where are we and what are we doing? Like, there just needs to be some sort of, okay, this is our plan. Moving, like, again, kind of going back to Montreal. Like, we, we, we knew, we knew what, what Hughes was going to be doing. Like, and, Montreal sold off pieces, got first rounders, yep. you know, made picks with those first rounders, still have some. Like, at the very least, even if Columbus is constructed as they currently are, but you're, you know, you got a first maybe with a, the last deal you made or a deal you're going to make leading up to the deadline, you're going to end up getting at least there's some direction, right? Like, okay, we're, we got these first, we're going to get these young players in, we're going to build around them, you know, and, and like Mar like Marty said, you know, maybe somewhere along the line, you try and massage some sort of a deal where you get out from underneath that Goudreau contract. Maybe, yeah. Because, and, and, and again, the only way is if you think that you can keep him around and maybe he's 35 and you're finally ready to compete. And yeah. now you got like a kind of grizzled, grizzled vet that knows, you know, has been around, knows how to, how to get the job done. But th that's, that's a lot of hope. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot of hope five years down the line. Yeah. Like not only is it five years down the line, there's just a lot of hope. So to, to me at the very least, if, if Kekalainen starts like, trading off stuff here getting first rounders high picks you know second yeah. round whatever over the next two and three years yeah at the very least no matter how the team is constructed literally on the ice yeah. day by day at least you can see the yeah. light at the end of the tunnel exactly. you can see where we're going yeah. there is some sort of road or direction or or whatever i mean right now if i'm a columbus fan i'm like i don't even know what we are like i just <clears> I, I i don't know 
I don't know what we are. I don't know what we kind of stand for. Like what we're well because what's they're our identity. not. They're clearly not competing for anything this year, and they're clearly not competing for anything next year. That's what's frustrating about this team. And on either side of the fence, you're also clearly not rebuilding. There's not enough pieces there to suggest that you guys are rebuilding. No. So what is it that you're doing? Nothing. Right now you're treading water. You're in the league. That's what you are. They are. You're in the NHL. That's are, what you are. <laughs> They are what we like to call the mushy middle. Like they're, middle. they're not bad oh enough. God. They're like not they're, bad enough yes, they to, are. to they're get dead these last. hyped. Well, no, but well, no, but I mean, what I'm saying is, we just talked about their prospects, but there's oh, nothing okay. like massively high yeah, end. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So, so nothing that screams at you like, sitting, oh, thank God for him. Other than Adam Fantilli, well, which no, but I mean, I'm sorry, he's not going to save your franchise. Adam Fantilli's not that guy. He's good. Um, add him to the pieces, but he's not the guy you're building around. Are you telling me that's what's happening in Columbus? Are you happy that Adam Fantilli is your way forward? He's your future. You're building an entire team around Adam Fantilli. I really doubt that. Like they just, they, again, I go back to the same, same thing I've been saying. They just need some direction. They need to kind of clearly put this to, you know, the organization itself. And more importantly, the fan base, because I mean, Again, if I'm a fan, I'm like my hands are up in the air, and I'm just like, I I, I don't know what my team's all about, and and it it's getting pretty hard to watch. Like I saw that game they played, who did they play last night? If I'm not mistaken, it was Carolina and, and Columbus. Yeah, and Carolina, well, was Carolina was down yeah. two nothing in the. Carolina was down two nothing in the third period. Bang bang bang, hmm. Carolina wins three to two. Like it's just. So, I mean, look, fini. we're not going to keep piling it on. We're not going <laughs> to keep piling it on the Columbus here, but I think I can speak for both Marty and myself. This is a team that is lacking some identity, uh, some true direction. Mm. And I think once they get those things in place, at the very least, at the very least, your fan base can now say, okay, yeah. this is what we're doing and this is what we're going to be all about for the next couple of years yep. you know at that point if they're going to rebuild which they i'm sure they will yep. uh, i mean they, there's no other way to go with, with that in my personal opinion so the columbus blue jackets there you have it and it's not exactly a positive spin <laughs> now we will put a positive spin on the next team oh that we're talking about Buku. and marty i don't know about you like there's a lot to so much we're talking we were talking about not much on the bone for columbus well there's a ton there is an absolute shit ton for the 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 LA Kings. The LA and Kings, baby. Listen, last year we were kind of wondering how they were getting this done. Confused. Well, I don't think there's much to wonder about at this particular point. No. Um, I'm going to shoot it over to Marty. He's got a, a lot to say about this. I'm going to go ahead and give you a couple of a uh, couple of numbers here just to give you an idea of how well this team is playing and how balanced this team is the record 12 3 and 3 for 27 points they're playing at a 750 points percentage God. 72 goals for 72 goals for 47 goals against that's plus 25 bud <laughs> like not too shabby there like what uh 18 games into the season yeah. so they're third in the pacific division and that tells you a lot right there a eh? third like fifth overall but they're third in their own division so like, the Pacific is going to be a monster this year, man. They're ranked second offensively at four goals, four per game. Ranked fifth defensively, 2.5 goals against per games played. The power play is 14th, 21.4. 
They're ranked second on the penalty kill at 88.9. Road Warriors this year, bud. Road Warriors. 9 0. Isn't that nuts? Dude. Are you kidding dude, me? Dude, they. And, and, and here, listen. This is this is one of these little things that Marty and I love about our show, right? That one of the th- one of the things I love about what's going on right now in LA. I don't know if you've seen it on X, but anytime they win a game, they've got this song playing, and all they do is they have this one move <laughs> where they're just and who nobody can see this. Marty can, yeah. <laughs> but they have this one move, and everybody in the dressing room is doing it. And they've got, it's been a different song and it's just, it's awesome to see. You can see the team is so tight. Uh, Gavrikov seems to be the one leading the charge in regards to this fucking weird little dance that he's got going on. But everybody gets in on it. Dano gets in on it. Kopi's in on it. Like, it just, it's it's to kind of keep the team together nice and tight. And I'll tell you what, like, they're humming along, Marty. Yeah. I mean, they've been, they have been getting phenomenal performances up and down the lineup Kempe who I believe you've got over there on your fantasy I team do. 8 12 for 20 Kopitar 10 19 uh, 9 for 19 Fiala 6 13 for 19 more oh yeah Trevor Moore Trevor Moore be nine goals eight is uh Trevor Trevor Moore yeah uh eight eight nine I'm uh, sorry nine goals eight assists for 17 points Quinton Byfield finally coming in his own four goals Four goals, 12 assists for 18 points. Dano, a defensive center, putting up four goals, nine assists for 13 points. Doughty on the back end with double digits. Four goals, six assists for 10 points. The goaltending, which everybody thought was a weakness. Everybody. Like, it, I don't care who you talk oh, to. Oh, dead last. Cam, Talb- yeah. Cam Talbot was like, what is going on? I would have kept Corpusalo, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Well... <laughs> Cam Talbot Whoops. is doing just fine. Thank you very much. Uh, 10, 3, and 1. And, it, like, dude, it, it's not just the record. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I feel like I got to say sorry to this guy yeah. himself. Yeah. Like, he's at, he's at a 2. He's at a 2.02 goals against average what? and a 931 save percentage. Who? Hi, Cam. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, it's just mistake. My bad. Misstep. But oh, holy Christ. Huge. And, and, and and I mentioned it earlier while we were talking about Columbus and how things are a bit disjointed there. Marty, this team, that for me, this is a, 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 a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. They got everything going for them right now. You've got great veteran leadership. You can go down the line with Kopitar, Doughty. They bring in uh, um, Philip Deneau, great defensive center. He's going to be huge, huge in the playoffs. Um, you've got the youth there with Kempe. Um, I mean, Byfield throwing him in there. Uh, you've got Brant Clark, who is not even on your squad, but an up-and-coming defender who's playing in the AHL for the Ontario Reign right now. And if I'm not mistaken, he's over a point a game too as a defenseman. Like you, have, you've got the gr- one of the greatest mixes in in the NHL right now of young and old, great veteran leadership. You got and and the youth is like it's not okay. Byfield's kind of still pretty green, I suppose, yeah. in the NHL yeah. in the NHL. But it's like you know, like Kempe, young guy, yep. but he's leading the team. Oh yeah. So, so your young guys, like even a Fiala, right? Fiala as well too, yeah. A little bit, like just to me, this is 
one of the greatest like mixes. Sounds like I'm pushing a CD. It's one of the <laughs> yeah. greatest mixes in, in the in the NHL. Thing. Like just from from top to bottom, I just I really feel like everything about this team is built for the now, built for the playoffs. And you know, if 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 I'll, I'll say it this way, if they can continue to get goaltending, and it doesn't even have to be as as awesome as it is right now. Yeah. If they can get some some decent goaltending from Cam Talbot, these guys can really, really do some damage. Oh fuck, forget about it. And honestly, again, just to sort of kind of encapsulate the whole encapsulate the whole Cam Talbot thing, one thing that just dawned on me. Um, so McLennan and Talbot were together in Edmonton. So things didn't work out as good as they are right now. Like Talbot came in and actually played fairly well, had some good numbers for sure. Uh, the first two seasons and after that quickly fell off. So I'm not suggesting Talbot is your answer for the future or for the next five years. I'm just saying at least for this year, what you're seeing makes a lot of sense. And maybe Todd McLennan just needed a few other pieces that he didn't have an Edmonton that he has now in LA. So maybe the two are coming together. But quite frankly, like Mike said, Cam Talbot has surprised us all with the numbers and they're simply outstanding. Um, is it a result of him stepping up his game or is this, you know, is he proving a perfect fit, like I said, with Tom McLennan? So in all honesty, I can see it being a bit of both. As well as the team, still very young, like Mike was saying. And last year, they overachieved big time uh, because it didn't make any sense as to why they were winning so many games because as you broke down the numbers, none of it made any sense. They weren't in the top. I, I believe they were in the bottom for most defensive categories, if not all of them. Their offense was basically the reason why they were staying not just afloat, but incredibly competitive and then the top in the Western Conference. They're doing that again this year, but this year it's different because they're doing it with both defense and offense. So to me, that suggests that I think the young players with that experience are starting to round out their game completely. Tom McLennan is maybe making some adjustments, but how much of those adjustments are really as a result of the team figuring things out and how much of that is also potentially as a reason for uh, Cam Talbot's play? I mean, a lot of it is just going to be theory. We're going to crunch numbers. It really doesn't make a lick of difference as long as it continues. I do feel that no matter what happens, because of what happened last year, this team, if defensively they start to fall off, they, I, I think they can, still, they can still win a bunch of games because their offense is that potent. It really is deep, and everyone is contributing. But I do wonder where this type of success is really coming from because by all means, they're one of the best teams in the entire league. With a 13-3-3 record, 29 points in 19 games. More importantly, of course, 76 goals. I know Vancouver's got 88, but that puts Los Angeles actually tied for second overall with 76. Oh, no, sorry. Tampa's got 78. So they'd be in third. Los Angeles is in third. Outside of, like, listen, this is a very good team. But they don't have a McDavid. They don't have a Dreisaitl. They don't have a Pasternak. They don't have a McKinnon. There's a lot of players they don't have. What they do have is Fiala, Kempe, Kopitar, and more. That's who's filling it in. It's not just a couple of superstars. It's a lot of players who are maybe not superstars, but are fucking good players and are showing why they're fucking good players because they, they know how to play like a team. They don't care if they're the center of the attention. It doesn't matter. And I'm not suggesting the other players do, but what I'm getting at is this is a team winning as a team, playing as a team. This is a team. And it's great to see. And this by is committee. the result. By committee, exactly. I, I mean, look, I, 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 again, like I said, I mean, I, I really do feel that this team, this, I mean, it, it's a case where these guys are going to be going to the playoffs. We know that. Yep. 
they're built for the playoffs. Um, again, you've got that youth now that you, you kind of didn't have before for the longest time. Right. Obviously, your cup runs, you know, you had Kopitar, you had Doughty and everything. But the thing for me about this team is, and, you know, we, we spoke at length about identity, you know, when we were talking about Columbus. LA's always kind of been known as a defensive or a stout defensive team. I wouldn't necessarily say a juggernaut per se, maybe during that cup run, yeah, but they've had an identity as a defensive team out there in LA. Yeah. And now, you, now you're adding that offensive flair. They bring in Fiala a couple of years ago. You've got Kempe who's continuing to build his game now. Uh, and, and that's a drafted and, and developed guy. Mm-hmm. Byfield, yeah. drafted and developed guy. I mean, you know, there were a lot of people who had kind of given up on Byfield here. And this just goes to show you. And for you, your Slavkovsky haters out there, mm-hmm. why don't you take a look right now at Quinton Byfield, yeah. okay? Six foot four. I think the guy's 220 or 225 pounds. He's a big boy. Like, you got to give these guys a little bit of time. I, I mean, keeping in mind here, these kids are 18 and 19 years old. What were you doing, <laughs> you know, before before your 20s? Oh, uh, I'm not at liberty to say what I was doing <laughs> during that, that time on this show. But uh, suffice it to say, I mean, th- these guys, you, you got to give them a little bit of time here. And, and when it comes to uh, a guy like Byfield, he is definitely... Um, a poster boy for that, for sure. And and the Kings giving him that time, too. And they did the same thing with Kempe. I mean, look, without kind of rambling on here endlessly, the Los Angeles Kings are a perennial top contender here, especially with this particular group. They're not missing... Marty, there's nothing they're missing out on. What's that? We need a little bit more playoff experience. Sorry, got yeah. it. I've had it for I've had it for about a decade. Yeah. So, like, this is a team for me personally. Built to win. I just I, I just think they're built to win right now. They're, yeah. It's it's go time. It's it's yeah. time to go. Oh, yeah. They got they've got exactly what they need. And I mean, the numbers show. I it. wouldn't the way they've been playing. It shows would it. not want to face this it. team in the playoffs. I'll tell you right now, there is way too no much way, balance between talent and experience um, and determination. Um, and now you throw in the mix a goalie who appears to have actually picked it up and decided, you know what, F- fuck this shit. We're going to wear ourselves a Stanley Cup this year. Like I, I'm not saying Ken Talbot is that goalie, but maybe he is that goalie this year because that happens. Well, I mean, the, the, the best example is a couple of years ago when Kemper wins the Stanley Cup with the Avalanche. <laughs> like, listen, listen, I, I'm sorry. <clears throat> it's Darcy Kemper. <laughs> like, it, it, well, no, I mean... What I mean by that is, like, he, he's been a middling goalie at best, yeah. right? Like, this is, has, you can never say that Darcy Kemper's been an elite goalie. No. The reason, it, and, and look, Georgiev's doing the same thing for Colorado right now. Yeah. Like, these are got these are got like, backups. Uh, I mean, Kemper went from Arizona to Minnesota. Oh, my God. To, like, he had been around. The funny thing about the comparison here. you just did between Cam Talbot and Darcy Kemper, so... <laughs> Career stats, Cam, uh, just as just for the hell of it, Cam Talbot, 263-914, Darcy Kemper, 256-916. They're the same goalie. So it's a perfect, so, perfect it, description, Mike. Well done. Like, it's it, it's just, they're going to go out there, and the Kings have basically said, listen, we've seen this now, where 
these teams are paying not top dollar, let's put it that right. way, for goaltending. Yeah. Okay, let's go out there. Let's grab Cam Talbot. They are able to insulate that goaltender with the system that they play. Yeah. Now, Colorado, I, I wouldn't see it so much as, as insulating the, the goalie defensively as much as your un, juggernaut offense that's able right. to outscore some problems sometimes. Yeah. But with the Kings here, you've got a defensive... Again, I don't know if I want to go juggernaut. I mean, we could be getting to that area. They are fifth defensively in the yeah. league. But... They are a stout defensive organization and have been for a number of years. And they're, I mean, again, that's insulin. I mean, look at the numbers. What is it? What is it? 10 and 2 or 10 and 3 and 1 or whatever it is and 2.02, 931 save percentage. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hell, uh, he wasn't doing that in Ottawa. He certainly wasn't doing that in Edmonton. No. So what? So what? All of a sudden, Cam Talbot's an elite goalie? <laughs> no dice, bud. Like, it's obviously the system that he's playing in. And good on him. Oh, yeah, Good for on sure. him and good on the Kings for going out and, and saying, we're not spending. We're just going to go out and get this guy. Yep. That'll do. And look what he's doing for you. So, <laughs> so that'll do, pig. That'll do. So, and no, I'm not calling you a pig, no, Cam no. Talbot. Just throwing relax. it <laughs> So, relax. So, there you have it. Around the boards with maybe something not so positive in the Columbus Blue Jackets. But boy, oh boy, did we ever get on the positive side of things with the Los I Angeles on a positive Kings. note. You got that right. <laughs> so next up is check my fanny butt hoist. Hoist. We are going to take a com- we're going to take a commercial break, and we're going to hear a word from our sponsors, DraftKings and Raycon. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877 877-8- H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467369 In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare? Especially when you can get the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because there are early Black Friday sales going on right now. You've heard me talk about Raycon's products before. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like the Everyday Earbud, Known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their 5-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB and Type-C devices 8 times faster with 100-watt power delivery. 
Their faucet filter, Ultra, filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, well, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder the products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buy Raycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Hey, we're back. Check my face. <laughs> I got it. That was funny. That was fun for us. That, that doesn't matter about the rest. You know of what? <laughs> Show's over. over. <laughs> we're gonna end on that note. <laughs> check my fanny, folks. Check. Here we go. Yes, check it. We got some movement. Check we got it. some chatter. We got some things happening. People winning. People losing. Um, okay. Yeah. We all know who's losing. So. So, well, you know, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. The biggest matchup of the week, obviously, was the two teams fighting for first place. It actually had identical records of five and one um, going into the week. That is the Apocalypse and the Royals. And the Apocalypse come out on top. Yes, they do. I believe it was like 55 to like 45 or something, 46. Uh, it was healthy lead anyway. So the Apocalypse sit at six and one. The Royals are at five and two. The pawn hogs fall for the third week in a row. So after late too, after kind of shooting out of a uh, yeah, after shooting out of a can, yeah, definitely uh, shooting out of a cannon to start the year and and beginning the year, the pawn hogs did at four and zero. They are now four and three. Um, a little bit of the other way around for my dragons, where we were sitting at one and three for a bit here, but after uh, three straight wins Not here, bad. we're over five hundred with a four and three record, sitting in third place. Uh, tied or sorry, tied with Jason, but Jason is in third uh, because of points mm -hmm. four. Um, the team that beat the Pawn Hogs, um, right on I'd say the last couple of hours, yeah. um, uh, of our week were the was the Cougars who now sit at three and four. Um, the Brigands and Demons, uh, sit with identical records, which is kind of funny because they sat and tied with identical scores, obviously. <laughs> Uh, last week, 36 to 36. So both no of those teams sit at two, four, and one. And the Buccaneers bring up the rear at one and six uh, after being defeated by my Dragons over the course of the last week. Um, on top of the standings, did you want to uh, go over oh, a few keep going. things? You're rolling, that, bud. Uh, You're rolling. Happened. Bring it. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. To, you know, I just want to spread the love here. Um, so a couple of trades to speak of this week. Uh, the first trade was, I believe, two days ago. Yes. Uh, the Royals acquire Chris Kreider from the New York Rangers. And in return, the Cougars get Kent Janssen. Um, he of the uh, Cleveland Monsters, I believe, uh, of the AHL. If I th believe that's the team he's playing for. Either way, he is ripping it up right now in the AHL, doing quite well. Got sent down earlier on this year for whatever reason. I don't know. <laughs> but he's doing quite well down there. And... The Cougars also get a fourth-round entry draft pick in 26-27, along with Ken Janssen uh, for Kreider. Uh, the second deal uh, was made today. Uh, the Demons are continuing with their rebuild. They acquire Seth Jones, the Dragons' third-round entry draft pick in 26-27, uh, 
And they also get their own seventh round entry back in 24-25. Uh, just a quick note, I actually held the hammer there. I had the better of the two picks between myself and the Demons. Uh, Tom was looking to get his own pick back. So rather than me holding a hammer, he gets his own back. I've got mine at the back half of that round. Um, Makes so sense. that was taken care of. He gets that. Um, along with me getting that seventh rounder, my own seventh rounder back, I also acquired Tyler, Tyler Toffoli uh, and Morgan Riley. Obviously, Toffoli is going to help out in regards to um, Taylor Hall being uh, injured for the rest of the season. Uh, and Morgan Riley is uh, certainly an upgrade over uh, Seth Jones, to be sure. Um, so those couple trades taken care of uh, over the course of the past couple of days. We're, I expect there to continue to, to be some movement in regards to the trade front over the course of the next month, month and a half. Um, even though our deadline matches the, uh, the league's deadline, which I believe, I think now is like mid-Feb, I want to say, or maybe earlier Feb. Either way, or or maybe it is, maybe it is late Feb. March eighth. I think it was March eighth. Wow, yeah. wow. Okay, so that is fairly late. Yeah, it is. Uh, okay, fair enough. That's so I'm insane. wrong. Uh, I thought it was much. I thought, I thought it was much earlier. That was that is quite so late. So late. That. <laughs> but in our league, I tend to feel that our mid-season draft, which is the third week of January, tends to be kind of somewhat of a quasi deadline for us too so yeah it's like there's a couple of deadlines and there's like movement before that and there's also movement towards the deadline too so yeah. i i do foresee the trade front uh kicking up a notch here over the next couple of weeks um but i know you had a few things that you wanted to uh, uh to say as well marty not much other than just to talk about the trade front because this is more or less a, a message on, on uh, <laughs> to all the other GMs. Now, from a fantasy manager's perspective, it's a message to the yeah. league. Message to the league, yeah. Uh, but however, from managers for managers' perspective out there uh, in whatever divisions and stuff, this is kind of something to consider. If you're if you're being bombarded a little bit with uh, trade uh, offers or questions or requests uh, like I am right now I have several players that are pretty tantalizing to a lot of the teams that are you know currently in the hunt for first um, it's still early in regards to trading away what you have in terms of assets as a team who's on the outside looking in but I just you know full disclosure I'm always more interested in staying competitive so I I don't necessarily want like the idea of trading away the farm and then this year is just I'm shit in the bed of the rest of the year no I still want to be competitive always 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 that being said I'm aware that I have assets that can help people win championships for that I'm thinking if I'm going to hand you a championship I'm going to be handed a win in terms of a trade where it, I'm going to get a, a great player I get to hold on to for a while or I'm going to get several picks or top end picks so that's the leverage i'm using in terms of my fantasy managers managers perspective on how to best capitalize on my assets right now and for now i do like i was telling mike earlier i'm holding off because i think there's enough more than enough time for all the managers to stay competitive and for it to get even tighter and then when you start running out of time you kind of pull into desperation and you say fuck it fine i'll make the trade even though i know i'm getting snookered here um, however, that being said, there is currently one table, uh, one offer on the table that I really feel I should take advantage of it and, and just not, it, it's not that I'm, it's a very even trade. I'll say that it's very, very much 
straight across the line. No one's necessarily coming out on top. So because of that, I feel like I should definitely give Man, it... Man, I want to know no, who know. this is. I should definitely give it more consideration because it's it's a big deal. It is a big deal. Um, however, I'm just holding off just thinking that, you know, I, th- I feel that maybe my play should be just be patient. Because if you let go of your assets too early, you won't be able to do anything that you maybe wanted to down the road. I'm just going to say that. So from a fantasy manager's perspective, this is... And I've never been in this position. Let me be clear. I don't think I've ever really had this many players this early that other teams have wanted. And I myself have felt I'm basically out of it. So my season's not, I'm not giving up on my season, but I know I'm not going to, I'm not going to win the championship this year on the team I had. Uh, Things just have not gone my way. I know it's still early and things can still happen. So as you can tell, there's a lot of emotions and I'm not really sure which way to lean. (laughs) So I just wanted to say that. Well, and and in regards to like, I kind of want to defend Marty a little bit here. Like he certainly isn't giving up on the year by any stretch of the means. Um, But the way our league is built. Yes, Marty's team could go on a a ridiculous run and literally like still win a championship. I don't know. I have Dusty Cumberland now. But we'll see. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, that is true. But suffice it to right. say, it could happen. Um, <laughs> I, I, it could happen. But the the way our league is built, I mean, I, and I I very much understand where Marty's coming from. It's the amount of teams that you have to yeah. leapfrog. Yeah. It, 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 in our league, that's where it becomes very difficult. And we are only eight teams, so yes, you get a chance to maybe see a team that you need to catch a few more times than say like a 12 or a 16 team league or whatever, whatever amount of teams are in your league. Um, but with ours, it's not that we, it's not that we give up, but we can kind of foreshadow or, or see how things are going to play out. I mean, you know, if, if Marty was to win the next three or four weeks in a row, I, I don't want to speak for him, but I would, I would have to assume he may, step back and kind of reassess to a certain degree mm-hmm. his own team first obviously but where are the other teams in relation to me after going through this three yeah. or four because i mean it's all well and good to go you know marty you could go five for your next yep. six win five of your next six but if joel you know goes four and two uh if i go five and one um scott goes you know, five it, and oh like it, it you, you, you continue to run out of racetrack oh, yeah. to be able to, yeah. to, to come back. So, uh, I mean, just to kind of defend Marty a little bit there, like I say, it, the way our, our league is built, you can kind of see things happening a little bit quicker, I, I think is maybe the best way yeah. to say it. Um, but all that being said, Marty and I could have uh, some trouble getting any kind of a deal done. <laughs> As I'm, I'm the type of, and we talked about this before we even started the show. I'm the type of manager. I like to kind of get my business done early. Yeah. Um, Marty doesn't. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's a case where we may not, we just may Sorry, not, uh, not be on this the same year. Road here. I think any other year I would have been like, all right, let's go. Let's wheel and deal. Like I, 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 I think my history is more along oh, the true, lines true. of like, all right, let's get this done. Whereas this year, That's true I too. am trying to play it differently. You, you, you see leverage. You exactly. See leverage. And I think that's that, that's 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 kind yeah. of why I'm saying this is the first time I've ever been in this position, because I don't I don't feel I've ever felt the need to do this um, in terms of playing leverage, because I don't if ever I've had Sidney Crosby to trade, which I do this year, 
I've never considered trading him any other year. It's never been, it's yeah, never crossed yeah. my mind. It's Sidney fucking Crosby. I have a great team. I have a great chance. Why would I get rid of him? It doesn't make any sense. This year, okay, my team's not doing that good. I have some nice pieces. I don't really care about winning this year as much as I want to stay competitive. I'm starting to look at the future and go, I'm noticing teams around me doing different things. I kind of want in you know, FOMO a little bit. So I need to, I need to fix what I've done, which is I've been notorious forever in getting rid of my picks and just essentially leave myself, you know, high and dry. I kind of want to take advantage of this moment because I feel like I've left myself down so many years and saying, I don't trade your picks. I'm not going to trade my picks. And then first opportunity I get, Oh, okay. I'll trade my picks. Shiny new player. Yay. <laughs> so I'm feeling I'm the opposite direction right now where I actually have some good assets. I can plug some holes and I can minimize the damage and I can do this. I can turn over really, really quickly. I don't have to go into full rebuild or scorched earth. I've got some decent players that I picked up last year. And if I can um, complement that this year with some trades and some picks, then I think my rebuild will be more or less complete where I may not be competitive next year, but I think the year after, depending on how well I do, obviously in my, in, in those picks and in those players I pick up, I could quickly turn over this rebuild rather than look at it as like a four or five year project like some other GMs have done. Like I believe you did a, a bigger, a longer turnover, longer rebuild. Joel did a longer rebuild at one point as well. Jason certainly yeah. has made a longer rebuild too. So you guys have all found success with that. Again, for those of you who don't know, I've never, I'm the only GM who's never won a season, a championship ever in the fucking 26 or 30 years, whatever it is. So clearly I need to start considering doing something different. So maybe this is, maybe this is finally what it is. Okay. So if I understand you correctly, you want a fifth round pick for Barkov? a hundred percent what I said. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> Done. Excellent. I'm just show. So I'm... beauties and beast. We're going to slide that over to next week. Marty and I have some talk. We're done. To do. <laughs> we're over. I got it on tape. Oh it's official. my God. All right. We gotta, you gotta love, you gotta love the trade talk, uh, and I'm sure there's gonna be more absolutely. to come here, especially for Marty's team, as there are a number of players that are very attractive to several That's GMs. Right. So, uh, Marty. Okay. All right, so we're gonna move right uh, on to Beauties and the Beast, I believe. Oh, oh yes, yes, we are. Okay, and if you don't mind, I'd like to go first because I'm actually kind of excited about the first guy, oh. and I, this is, this is one of those players. Oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. I'm. As a, I'm going to col feel collectively embarrassed for all of us because he's he did not go picked up, and I don't know why. I don't know why no GM picked him up in our t in our in our um well our league. It doesn't make any sense. He had a good season last year. There was hype with him. He had a good playoffs, and we knew who he was going to be playing with outside of me because we assumed. Well, we're, we all are aware that I had said that. Tampa Bay was not going to do well this year, and they're not even going to be in the playoffs. So that's why we know why I didn't pick them, but the rest of you are idiots. <laughs> I'm still smart, by the way. Um, Thanks. No <laughs> Brandon Hagel, 10 goals, 12 assists, 22 points, and 21 games played. So Mr. Hagel Ooh. does well with the bagel. Is that the thing? Can we say that? No? Maybe a new tagline. Who knows? We, we can All try. Right. We can try and <laughs> no, start it. Not. But regardless, he is playing very well. In fact, he's playing at an 84-point season pace. So it's good for 20 points higher than his career best from last year, which was, like I said, 20 points, so 64. Obviously, playing with Cooch will do that for you. And while he does have four points on the power play, he's on the second unit. So honestly, I do wonder if this is all about Cooch. But from a fantasy manager's perspective, it 
does not matter at all. Ride or die with the bagel. Go for it. If for some reason he's available, you can pick him up. Pick him up because he plays with the best. So get her done. Trevor Moore, numero deux. We talked about him a little mm-hmm. bit earlier. 11 goals. or Yeah, 11 goals, 8 assists, 19 points in 19 games played. So as we discussed the greatness that is the LA Kings this week, it's only fitting that we put at least one of them. And for me, Trevor Moore is a great player as any. What's great about Moore's season is, unlike Hagel, where we're suggesting it's tied to Cooch, Moore is just earning his keep. Yes, he's benefiting from playing with Fiala, but suggesting that Fiala has the same kind of effect as Cooch brings a bit of a stretch. I think Moore's season is the real deal, and fantasy managers should pick him up as soon as possible. I think he continues down this path. I think he fits into that mold perfectly. He's exactly what they wanted on that second unit, and there is chemistry with Fiala. It's undoubted, so that's good. So roll with it. Why not? It's 11 goals, man. He's a phenomenal streaming option. Yeah. I mean- and there's several players that we're going to be mentioning here in Beauties and the Beast that are great streaming options. This Good week. point. Yeah, uh, another one: Connor Ingram, seven wins, three losses, one oh, shutout, two sixty-four goals against, and a nine nineteen save percentage. This year, we put a lot of Arizona players on our list because, quite frankly, they are surprising. It Arizona is a great place to go to find players that you don't really realize are playing very good hockey right now because Arizona actually is playing very good mm-hmm. hockey right now. So. Honestly, putting him in instead of oh, pronounce the last guy, the other guy's name, Vemelka, 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 yeah, Vemelka, right, stealing the show. Honestly, this team as a whole needs to be looked at, and maybe that's what we're going to do next week. But Ingram, by the way, that shutout against the Vegas Golden Knights. So. I know, that's kind of incredible. We can say the teams he's beaten are the reason for his success, but I don't care. Great numbers, shared system, team in front of him is playing great, so why the hell not just go ahead and draft him? But I did have a look at his seven wins. The best team out of those seven were the St. Louis Blues, which, again, Blues are playing very good hockey this year, but the rest of them mm-hmm. were all bottom dwellers, like your Columbus, your Chicago's, so and Anaheim, I believe, was the other one. So. Now, now in, in his defense, and I'm not saying anything that Marty wouldn't say himself, um, hey, regardless of the team, he's going out there and he's getting the job done to a, uh, at the tune of 2.64 goals against average in 919. Yes. Like, he, he, he may be playing... Uh, weaker competition, if you will, say for that Vegas game. Listen, he's get, he, he's getting it done. Yeah. yeah, and and he and he's and you, you said it, Marty. I mean, if if people are staying away from the Arizona Coyotes, Ooh. you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. Whether you're keeping a guy on your on your team all year long, or whether you're streaming a lot of these guys in and out, they are a source 100%. of wins when it comes to goalies yeah. or production. Yep. I mean, guys, we're talking about Logan Cooley's mm. uh, uh, Schmaltz. Schmaltz. I love um, Schmaltz. We may need to talk. Keller uh, sitting out there. I mean, even uh, Sean Dursey. Sean on the Dursey, back end, yes. Uh, is, is Former LA King, damage. too. And we've had him in. <laughs> yeah, and we've had him in as a, a Beauty and the Beast. Yep. So please do yourself a service and keep an eye on the Arizona Coyotes 100%. because we all need to get rid of this stigma that yeah. everybody's going there to die. Yeah. So, Not right now. This, this this team is going in the right direction for sure. They're a well. They're alive Absolutely. and well. And my beast for the week, uh, unfortunately, from my team, Andre Kuzmenko, three goals, eleven assists, fourteen points in nineteen games played. However, a healthy scratch for two games in a row seems like he's fallen out of favor with head coach Tockett. Rightfully or wrongfully, he's in the doghouse now, and he's going to have to work to get his way out of it. So, fantasy managers are best to sit and wait until two things happen. 
He needs to find his game. And obviously, he needs to be in the game in order to be able to put him in the lineup. So be patient. I doubt he stumbles for the season. However, this is I have a feeling this is going to take a little while. I just don't see him bouncing back right away. I feel like this is going to be a bit of a struggle. Maybe that's why he's struggling the whole season. Maybe there's something else going on. Who knows? But for whatever reason, it ain't working out. He signed himself the new two-year contract. But I'm sorry, three goals in 19 games, it's, that's not what they signed you for. I mean, for, in regards to Kuzmenko for me, his production so far this year speak vol- speaks volumes in that if, if he was at like, I don't know, two goals and let's say four assists for six points on the year, you could kind of see talk it saying, okay, you're just shitting the bed this year right now. So obviously there's, I, I, I think this is a situation where the team is playing well. Talk it's got that team going in the right direction for whatever reason, maybe for a couple of games maybe for longer than a couple of games. Kuzmenko wasn't doing the things that Talkit wanted him to do. Maybe he was still getting, you know, an apple here or an apple there to continue with the, the production. So I, my point here is I don't think that, I don't think Kuzmenko is hugely in the coach's doghouse. I think that Talkit is kind of, no, no, this is the way we want you to yeah. play. Play that way or you will not yeah. play. So I, I, Yes, he's in the yes, he's in your beasts right now, but I do think this is a player that does continue to be productive throughout yeah. the year. Um, you know, this is a guy who scored your know, thirty goals last year. I think you know, whether he can hit that actual mark or not, he's certainly going to push for it. I would yeah. think. Um, but when it comes to Andre Kuzmenko, listen to what Marty has to say. Just hold off here a second. Let's see how this all plays out here with Talkit. I don't think this is a. Again, I don't think this is a, uh, you know, Kuzmenko was completely and utterly pissed off at Talkit for not playing. I think it maybe he understands a little bit and obviously not happy being scratched. Yeah. But I think that he comes back, gets back into the lineup, does the right things, is productive. So I don't think this is a, this isn't a Patrick Linear no. or even Johnny Goudreau from a couple of weeks ago situation. I think this is just a case where, Talk it finally has this team going exactly, all pulling in the same direction. And maybe for a little bit, Kuzmenko wasn't pulling his weight. So let's bring somebody else in. Next man up, over to the side. All that to say, I don't think Kuzmenko's going to be in a bad spot here, folks. But I think you can stash him for the time being. Let's just see how things shake down here with him and Talkit over the next couple of games. Does he get back into the lineup? One, or one two, is he productive? Uh, while he's in the lineup. I, I think that will be the case, but let's just all kind of hold off and be a little bit cautious here for the next couple yeah. of games anyway. So, Kuzmenko, you're okay, bud. You'll you're be okay. all right. You're a beast, but you're, but you're okay. Now, over to me here. First beauty of the week, Philip Kurashev. Uh, 12 games played, four goals, eight assists, 12 points. He's a minus one, 1840 time on ice. 11 points in the last 10 games played for this guy. He's lining up on Bedard's wing at five on five and uh, on his wing on the first power play as well, which of course gives him some great exposure. Um, The injury to Hall, I'm thinking that this could mean he's going to get an extra little bit of playing time as well here. Um, So keep an eye on that. Great streaming option, of course, uh, as several of our players that we're mentioning this week will be. Um, The shooting percentage is just a tad high. Uh, he's sitting at 20% right now. His career average is 9.4. So expect just a little bit of regression in regards to that. Um, again, 
it's a team that's that's pretty much devoid of talent the Chicago Blackhawks are uh, and especially with uh, losing Taylor Hall here for the rest of the year even more so so I think a guy like Kurashev who has actually been quite productive this year um, you know obviously he's getting the trust of the coaching staff playing almost 19 minutes a night um, I, I think this is somebody that you can probably lean on um, maybe if you're a rebuilding team this is a kind of guy that you bring in for the long haul and you, you, you move forward with them. Uh, if you're kind of a team that just needs a, an injury fill in or potentially, um, you know, somebody uh, as a streaming option, if you're daily fantasy, that might be your guy too. So Philip Kurashev, you're my first beauty of the week. Number two, Eric Gustafson. Now this comes with a little bit of a caveat here, folks, because Adam Fox, I believe is ready to go for his next game. And I do believe that some of this production that I'm going to go over with here from Eric Gustafson did have to do a little bit with Fox obviously being out of the lineup. That all being said, he had an opportunity and he ran with it. So Eric Gustafson, 19 games played. He's got three goals and 11 assists for 14 points. He's a plus six in 1908 time on ice, 10 points in his last 10 games. He's on the team's second pairing and he's on the team's first power play unit. Again, great streaming option uh, to fill in for the Fox injury. Fox should be back here next game. But if for any reason here over the next little while, there's uh, any kind of lingering effect with this injury for Fox. Obviously, that team now knows that they can lean on Gustafson a little bit. He's always been a pretty decent power play guy. So, and I know that that's probably why they went out and got him. But that all being said, he's got nine even strength points, five power play points, and 12 block shots as well, um, which gives you some solid coverage here, uh, depending on the type of league that you're in. If you got a banger league or if it's just more head to head, you got some other little uh, hits and plus minus, all that kind of stuff. He's doing great for you there. Again, keep in mind here with the, the the Fox coming back from his injury that things may take down kind of quick depending on how how everything works out for uh, for Fox. But Eric Gustafson, you are my second beauty of the week. Number three, Charlie Coyle, Boston Bruins. 20 games played, 9 goals, 10 assists for 19 points. He's a plus 4 in 17-14 time on ice. He's got 12 points in his last 10 games. This is all while playing second line minutes, and uh, he's on uh, uh, the Bruins' second power play unit as well. Uh, this is another guy shooting percentage is a little bit high, but there's a lot of. I, I will preface it by saying at this time of year, there's a lot of high shooting percentages. Everything does kind of shake out here as we kind of continue towards the midway point of the year. Um, he is sitting right now. Coil is at 23.1 shooting percentage. His uh, career average is 11.1. So. Keep that in mind here over the next few weeks. But you know what? With with uh, both Bergeron and Krejci retiring, you know, there's been some opportunity out there in uh, in, in Boston. I know that uh, Matthew Puetro, we talked about him as a beauty a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's been doing quite well for the Bruins uh, as a rookie. Um, Foyle himself, a bit more of a an experienced guy, certainly uh, uh, running with the opportunity that he has as well. Uh, the other little point that I wanted to make about Coyle is he's been quite effective with Marshawn, that first penalty kill unit too. Uh, so just him being on that penalty kill unit, the reason I'm why I'm even mentioning it is he's just in the game that much more, right? So the flow of the game kind of comes to him a little bit easier. And uh, obviously that, that can help uh, in, in spades as well. I find um, he always finds a Coyle, way into are... at least once a year, he finds a way to get into our beauties I've, every year, every single year. Well, he's kind of the, I mean, I mean, in all reality, I feel he should be on that top line. 
Um, you know, if I can't remember who he's with, I think he might be with the brusque and geez, I can't remember who the other winger was, but either way, that first line is kind of where you want to be, right? Yeah. Like Pasternak and Marchand were on that first line. Like it, it, uh, Pasternak wasn't on the second line, like he had been for a while. Um, but I mean, if he can ever get any kind of exposure at five on five, like, I mean, obviously the penalty kills, the penalty kill, but at five on five or the power play, if he can get any exposure to one of, or both of Marchand and uh, Pasternak, that'll go a long way as well to, uh, you know, to continue pumping his uh, tires up in regards to point production. Charlie Coyle, you are my third beauty for the week. My beast, UC Saros. Um, I kind of hated doing this because I like the guy. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, I've, I've been a big proponent of his. I actually drafted him, you know, brought him in as future star. Uh, he made his way over to your team uh, in the Gensel deal. And then I know he went over to uh, Joel in the uh, Zibanejad deal. Mm. But it just, it, it something's off right now with Saros. That's for sure. Uh, 15 games played, six wins, nine losses, 3.13 goals against average, and an 894 save percentage. Just numbers we are not used to seeing with uh, yeah. with the juice, that's for sure. Um, November wasn't kind whatsoever to, to UC. Uh, 2-5 record, and to go along with 3.71 goals against average and a 972 save percentage. Uh, Lankinen, who's the backup out there, has actually played better it is a small sample size four games played three wins one loss 279 goals against average and a 913 save percentage so it might be a situation that you might want to might might want to monitor i'm not sitting here saying that lankanen is going to literally uh uh start uh um games over Sauros here uh to the point where he's your starter right. like it, it, that's just never gonna happen <laughs> What you want to watch out for, though, is will Lankinen start cannibalizing starts from Saros as the year goes on? Uh, Saros is going to be the guy. If the playoffs game one was today, we know who it is. Uh, Lankinen is, is firmly entrenched as the backup. But during the season here, like, you know, and, and Nashville hasn't exactly played bad as a team. Like, they're actually surprising me a little bit. I didn't think they would be this good. Uh, I thought they would have a little bit more of a letdown, but you know, I, again, if Saros can't necessarily figure it out, it's not like you know he's going to lose a starter's job. But you you might want to keep uh, keep in mind, you know, is it maybe there's a four game week and Lankening maybe gets two. You know, maybe there's a back to back and you know uh, Andrew Brunette decides to give him another game because he is playing well. So. Just be careful of that. I mean, I've got the same thing going on right now between Shosturkin and yeah. Quick. I mean, Quick's been playing out of his oh fucking mind right now. So, That's hard. so I mean, there's been there's been games where Shosturkin normally would have played. Like there is no back to back or right. whatever. But because Quick's playing so well, that you're like, Jesus, you got to give the guy a go. So just be careful with that uh, over the course of the next few weeks and months here uh, with Lankinen, as he has been playing quite well. Um, Saros, I, I mean. It's a kind of a ride it out situation. He's one of the better goalies in the league. He's certainly top 10 without a doubt. Um, you could probably make a case for him depending on, you know, obviously not right now, but normally you could make a case for him potentially top five because he does play a fair bit. Like, you know, this is a guy who's, you know, 60, potentially 61, 62 games. So he's a bit of a horse in today's goaltending, if you will. I mean, there's no more 70 
games played for goalies anymore, but uh, in Not regards really. to workhorses, he's one of them. He's, he's definitely one of them. So you you, you want to keep him around for that for sure, but just monitor the situation and keep an eye on it just to see how things are going. UC Saros, you are my beast for the week. And there you have there. our Beauties and Beast segment. Beast. <laughs> beast. Yes, Simple. sir. And there you have it, folks. That would be episode number 12 of Two Guys, A League, and Guests. Bad. Again, want to thank uh, thank uh, DraftKings and uh, Raycon, uh, our sponsors. And, of course, our program brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN. Gracias. <laughs> I love it. I, I love the way we... Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you are interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes on our website at twogalag.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter for all of our info. Our handle is at twogalag. That's the number two, followed by G A L A G. Thanks for listening, and until next time.